0: Good morning. Um, Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 to 34. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. (coughs) Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus (coughs) entered the synagogue leader's house, and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been done and ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Let's begin with a prayer. Father, we thank you that as we come to your word, we get to see Jesus. And so we pray now that by the power of your Spirit, you would open our eyes to see him clearly and to see what we have in him. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Let me begin with a big thank you to all of you, thank you so much for your warm welcome over these past few weeks. Wendy and I are both really grateful for how kind everyone has been as we've been getting to know people and slowly settling in. We really are very glad to be here, it's a real privilege to be able to serve in this way. And as I've been preparing for this morning, it struck me how humbling a privilege it is to serve in this way. You see on a day like today, we are considering matters of life and death and whenever we do that we know that it isn't just an abstract idea or an interesting conversation. No, this is real life. Whether it's in our own lives or in the lives of our loved ones we are familiar with death and decay all around us. It seems inevitable. In fact, as we think about our communities, we think about the world at large, it seems unstoppable at times. It can feel like death and decay have the final say in this world. And so the question is, what hope is there? What hope is there for those of us who follow Christ, who come and gather in His name? Where do we find hope? Well, what we find here in our passage this morning is that Jesus is the King who gives life. That's who he is. Jesus is the King who gives life. You see over the past few weeks we've been working our way through this bit of Matthew's Gospel and we've seen week in week out that Jesus is the one with all authority He teaches with authority. He uh, he acts with authority. He's the King. And when this King steps in these stories of death and decay he transformed them into stories of life and delight and so as we begin let me ask you this question friends are you tired this morning? are you tired of living in a world that is plagued by death and decay? if you are then you're in the right place. Because here we have words of hope. Words of life. Death and decay do not have the final say. Because Jesus is the King who gives life. And so with that in mind, why don't we jump in and see how how this is the case. Uh, What we have here are these four episodes, four scenes. And in each of them, these stories of death and decay, we see people who are utterly powerless in their situation. And so let's join the action with the first one. And if you still have your bulletins, uh, you can follow along and um, the passage printed out in the middle. That's where we'll be tracing the text through. Let's see this father on his knees. Verse 18. While he was saying this, the synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died. But come, put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples." You see, parents will do anything for their children. They will do anything. It doesn't matter if their parents are brand new to parenting or if they're professionals. You don't have to teach a parent this. They will do almost anything they can in particular, they will do whatever they can to keep their kids from harm, right? Now from a kid's perspective it can be a bit different. See, when you're a child it can seem like your parents will do anything they can to keep you from having fun, yeah? see everyone's nodding, everyone's lingering. Now it is a fact of life, some parents are more boring and some parents are more fun. You don't need to tell me which one you are or which one your parents are. But wherever they are on that spectrum, parents will do whatever they can to keep their kids from harm. And here in this first scene we have a father and the worst case scenario. This is the thing that keeps parents up at night. This is the thing that fills them with anxiety and yet for this father that nightmare has become reality. He comes to Jesus and says, my daughter has just died. We find out something about this father. He's a synagogue leader. He's influential in his local community. People would have respected him. They showed him honor. They would have come to him for help and advice. And yet here he is on his knees because his little girl has just died. And there's nothing he can do about it. Some of you may be aware that what we have here in this uh, recording of this episode is slightly different from what we have in Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. You see this episode is also there but in Mark and Luke it comes in two stages. The father comes to Jesus and says his daughter is very sick very ill and it's later on that some messengers come and say your daughter has died. Now, it's not that Matthew has got it wrong here. He's not made a mistake. What Matthew is doing is he's telling a condensed version of the story. In fact, if you lay them side by side, here in Matthew, the account is half the length of Mark and in Luke. And so Matthew can't give us all the details. Instead, he takes us to the heart of the matter, the heart of the problem. At the end of the day, this man's little girl dies. There's a finality there and he is utterly powerless to do anything about it. It's the same in the second episode. We have this woman reaching out in desperation, verse 20, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak I will be healed you can begin to get a sense of her desperation and yet it's hard for us to kind of really grasp this you see, her situation to read of her situation takes us, what? 12 seconds of our morning for her to experience this took 12 years of her life some of us here aren't even 12 years old this is over a decade of trying and trying and nothing changing this is 12 years of waiting for something to change and nothing happening. 12 years of disappointment again and again, 12 years of being resigned to this being the way life is. And she's powerless to do anything about it now the fact that it's gone on for this long means that she probably wasn't in immediate danger in terms of her health and yet ceremonially Ritually, she was unclean in that society. And so she would have been shunned. So don't picture quarantine for three weeks. Imagine quarantine for 12 years. And so she was desperate. Powerless to change her situation. It's the same in the third episode. We have these two blind men crying out for help. Verse 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. Calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. As they cry out for mercy, what they're asking for is help. They're asking for practical relief to help them in their situation. But do you notice how they come to Jesus? They don't come in this kind of quiet, professional manner, ready to negotiate a deal. They don't go up to the counter and take the ballot and then quietly wait for their number to be called. They cry out. They call out to him think of it this way, when was the last time you were so needy of help that you just cried out for help they're desperate, they're powerless and it's the same in the final episode verse 32, there's this demon possessed man brought to Jesus while they were going out a man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus we don't get many details here We know almost nothing other than the fact that he was suppressed by the powers of darkness. He couldn't even speak. He couldn't even cry out for help. He even had to be brought to Jesus. That's how powerless he was in his situation. You see in each of these episodes we have stories of death and decay. These aren't just stories of inconvenience These people weren't complaining because the traffic was too much Or that the queues were too long These weren't just stories of discomfort They weren't just complaining that it's too humid outside or too cold inside No, they were powerless They were helpless As they lived in this world Plagued by death and decay And of course, this world is our world. We share the same world, don't we? We share the same problem. See, over the past few weeks, it has been a real joy to start meeting so many of you during the week, on Sundays, and it's been a real pleasure to hear something of people's stories. But it really has been humbling because even over just the past few weeks so many of those stories involve stories of death and decay this isn't just an abstract idea out there this is our world we're familiar with death and decay losing loved ones, family, friends as you read a story about a father whose little girl dies the parents of the room, those who have children with them will immediately feel the heartache of this father and yet it's not just them because there will be others who have had to endure the pain of losing a child perhaps in pregnancy, in miscarriage, having to perhaps suffer that in alone and yet there will be others who would long to have a child Someone that they can take care of, someone that they could do anything for, and yet who are unable to. We're familiar with death and decay. Bodies not working the way they should. Eyes, ears, mouth, limbs. Chronic conditions. Chronic pain. Organs deteriorating immune systems not doing what they're supposed to do cells not acting the way they're supposed to do the list goes on and yet it's not even just physical either in fact it's never just physical time and time again when death and decay strike it can so easily tear us apart relationally and we feel that pain it can emotionally, it can stretch us to a breaking point mentally we're overwhelmed spiritually we can be left in such a dark place. I wonder where you feel that today. I wonder where you feel that in particular this morning. Friends are you tired of living in a world that is plagued by death and decay? Well, the good news here is that these stories of death and decay, they don't end there. No, when Jesus steps in, He transforms them into stories of life and delight. Because Jesus is the King who gives life. You see, we said at the start, in each of these little scenes, episodes, the people were powerless. But when Jesus walks in, he shows himself to be powerful. And so let's join each of these scenes again and see what Jesus does. Let's join the action in that first episode, the father on his knees. Jesus goes with him. And verse 23, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away, the girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got news of this spread through all that region. When Jesus enters the scene, it is full of noise. There was a funeral ritual, minimum of two flutes and someone crying, someone wailing. It was a noisy scene. But as Jesus enters, he is about to turn this funeral ritual upside down he tells the people there, now this girl isn't dead, she's asleep now it's not that they made a mistake, it's not that Jesus made a mistake, she really had died but when the king of life walks in, even death loses its finality he walks straight through that ritual, he puts the crowd out And the unimaginable happens. He takes the girl by hand. And we get these three beautiful words. She got up. She got up! She got up! This is what they were least expecting. And yet we know, don't we, this is what they were most desperate for. If only she would open her eyes. If only she would smile. If only we could hear her laugh again. Jesus walks in, takes her by the hand, and she got up. Let's try to imagine that joy and jubilation in that house. It started off as a noisy scene, but I bet you the noise at the end of that day would have been even greater. They would have had a party. Their little girl. Brought back to them. Jesus is powerful. It's the same in the other episodes. The woman reaching out in desperation. Verse 22 Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Twelve years of trying, twelve years of waiting, turned around in the blink of an eye. Why? not because of a new doctor not because of a a new method but because Jesus is the king who gives life just imagine that relief that wonder Jesus is powerful it's the same with the third episode the blind men who were crying out verse 28 when he had gone indoors the blind men came to him and he asked them do you believe that I am able to do this yes Lord they replied then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. With just a touch, Jesus takes these men out of darkness and brings them into the light. Just imagine their delight. Just imagine the delight on their eyes. Jesus is powerful. And it's the same in the final episode. The demon-possessed man brought to Jesus. Verse 33. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. It's almost assumed by this point. This is the shortest episode in our four episodes. Of course, when they bring a man suppressed by the powers of darkness, Jesus is powerful. Each of these stories are transformed into stories of life and delight. You see, when Jesus enters the scene, he doesn't just offer some words of sympathy, although he does show compassion. He doesn't just bring some tips for kind of managing the situation trying to get by for another week He doesn't even just bring a little bit of improvement No, what does He bring? He brings total transformation What seemed impossible was what Jesus did They laughed at Him The people here just like us, know how, know how it feels. It feels like death and decay have the final say. But where they were powerless, Jesus is powerful. Where they were without hope, Jesus breathes hope. Where they faced death, Jesus brings life. We've been seeing this all the way through our series. Jesus is the King. He is the one with all authority. Nothing stands beyond his reach. And what we see here, not even death. Because Jesus is the king who gives life. That's why they come to him. They see something of who he is. We see this word faith mentioned a number of times here. But it's the same pattern for all of them. They see who Jesus is. They come to him. And they trust him with everything they have. They are weak and feeble. They're powerless. But they come to Jesus. And of course if this is who Jesus is why wouldn't you come to him? And yet not everyone does. Not everyone does. We see it in our passage. Verse 34. This is how it ends. But the Pharisees said it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. They see what Jesus did. But they refuse to come to Him. In fact they accuse Him of being evil. Jesus is the King who gives life to all who come to Him and yet not everyone does. We see it here in our passage. We see it in our own experience and not just people out there. No, we see it even in here. See in our hearts, there is this tendency there's pattern, there's resistance to admitting that we need help oh we don't like to admit that we need help I think back to a time before we were married I was living in the UK my wife-to-be was in Canada and I needed a new jacket so I had to go shopping now the thing to know about me is that I do not like shopping it's stressful Well, I had to go alone and there I was for ages going through, stressing, stressing, stressing and of course I would not ask for help. So there I was, stressing, stressing, stressing. Well, happy ending, I found a jacket, black, it was quite thick, it would fit quite well so it should be warm. I thought I've done pretty well here, I've used my own initiative and i bought clothes myself. Well, I went home, took a photo of it, sent it to Wendy. She's she's really proud of me, right? Do you know what what she said? Why did you buy a women's jacket? (laughs) Painful. I needed help. I needed help. You'll be glad to hear, I don't buy any of my own clothes anymore. I've I've learned that lesson. Uh, I needed help. Now it's a silly example. Small part of life. And yet that pattern is something we're familiar with, isn't it? oh we don't like admitting that we need help we don't like to think of ourselves as needy we don't like to think of ourselves as desperate we don't like to think of ourselves ourselves as powerless no we're more sophisticated than that we're we're self-sustaining oh sure we're not completely in control but we can manage and yet that hard attitude is precisely what stands at the root of the death and decay we experience in the world you see back in Genesis chapter 3 we find that Adam and Eve had been planted in a garden of life and delight they had everything unstained by decay untouched by death and yet it wasn't enough they wanted to take life into their own hands they wanted to have life But they wanted it on their own terms. And so they turned away from the God of life Himself. They wanted to be like God in His place. And ever since that day, the whole world has been plunged into death and decay. And ever since that day, the world has been waiting, longing for someone to come. Come into this world and to give life again even to those who have turned away from the God of life and of course that is precisely what has happened that's the good news found in Jesus Christ you see God himself promised that he would come and do this there's a beautiful chapter in Isaiah chapter 35 where we have this prophecy this promise God says that he himself would come and rescue his people. He would usher in this whole new era. A world marked by life and delight. And in the middle of that chapter we find these beautiful verses. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Even if you've never read this chapter of Isaiah, you'd be familiar with these words. Because this is exactly what we have seen over the past few weeks here in Matthew's Gospel. This is what Jesus is doing. And Jesus himself confirms this in Matthew chapter 11. Some of John the Baptist's disciples, they come to Jesus, they ask him, Are you the one they're waiting for? Are you that one? This is what Jesus says, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. When Jesus came, he didn't just come to perform a number of one-offs. He didn't come to just make life slightly better for a few people here and there now when Jesus came he came to usher in a whole new era a whole new beginning he came to bring God's kingdom a world marked by life and delight and that's why this is good news for you and me Jesus is the king who gives life but not just to the few people here no, Jesus is the king who gives life to all who come to Him. And that means you and me, if we come to Jesus. You see, what we have here in our passage today isn't just a nice story of what happened back then. What we have here is a picture, it's a glimpse of what we can have if we are bound up with Jesus Christ. In fact, what we have here Pays the way for how Jesus would bring life to all who come to him. You see, we've been looking at these four episodes that Matthew has bunched together. But there's a thread that runs all the way through and it ties them all together. And you may have noticed something being repeated. It's the reaction to what Jesus does. News of this spread throughout all that region after he... Heals the woman and raises the little girl. After he restores the sight of the two blind men, they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. He warned them not to say anything, in case people got the wrong impression. But news spread. Jesus was becoming famous. We get the same at the end after the demon-possessed man was restored. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. There's this crescendo... The volume is increasing, Jesus is becoming famous. And yet what's the big climax? Well, we've seen it already. But the Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. That's where Matthew lands us, that's where our passage ends, that's the great climax for this story. The fiercest opposition that Jesus has faced so far in Matthew's Gospel is where this story lands. And this opposition is precisely what will lead to the cross and so you can think of it this way as Jesus goes around giving life he in fact paves the way for his own death and he knows it that's how Jesus gives life to all who come to him he's the king who gives life but he is the king who gets condemned to death even though he didn't do anything wrong he never set a foot wrong he was the only one to truly deserve life eternal and yet he was handed over to his enemies Jesus Christ is the king who gives life by taking death upon himself he was crucified he died he was buried he took the death that we deserve and then he punched a hole through to the other side. On that third day, when Jesus rose again, he declares that death and decay do not have the final say. His body did not succumb to decay, death could not hold him. Take the words of our final song Come behold the wondrous mystery, slain by death, the God of life. But no grave could e'er restrain him. Praise the Lord. He is alive. His resurrection declares him victorious over death. And when he rose from the dead, he ushered in the beginning of a whole new era. He brought about God's kingdom. A kingdom marked by life and delight. Jesus is the resurrected King who gives life and if we come to Him, that is what we are part of. See sometimes we experience healing now, The kindness of God, the grace of God, but even when we don't, we can have the rock solid assurance that death and decay do not have the final say. Because the life that Jesus gives is a life that even death cannot take away. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The life we have in Jesus is a life that even death cannot touch. That's our hope. That's the hope that we cling to today. As we look forward to. As we long for that great day. When there will be no more death and decay. When our resurrected king will return in all his glory. And wipe every tear away. Friends, are you tired this morning? are you tired of living in a world that is plagued by death and decay these words are words of hope Jesus is the resurrected king who gives life will you come to him that's the question for each of us here will you come to him for some of us here, perhaps we've never yet come to him. Maybe we've grown up in a Christian home, we're familiar with Jesus and church, but if for us we've not yet put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, well if that is you, will you come to him? The invitation is there. Perhaps for others we're still in the stage of exploring Christian things, looking into who Jesus is and what he says. If that is you, it is great that you're exploring, but as you explore, remember that the time comes when you have to decide to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Will you come to Him? Now many of us here, most of us here, are those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and yet if we're honest. In our hearts we can be so slow to come to Him. Perhaps especially when things are kind of going relatively well. We can be quick to look at others and say, well they need to come to Him, well not me. Instead we can be so quick to try to take life into our own hands, but of course Jesus is the King who gives life. And so friends, will you come to Him, will you run to Him in prayer, will you seek Him in His word, will you gather with His people. Will you come and behold what He has done for you in Jesus Christ? In fact, that's for some of us. We want to come to Jesus. We know we should come to Him. But if we're honest, this morning we are so weighed down by the sorrows of this life. We're so fatigued, so weary. Where do we find the strength to come? Friends, it is only as we grasp what God has done for us through Jesus Christ that we will find the strength to come. Not on our own strength. It is only as we are captivated by what God has done, what He is doing, and what He will do, that we will find the resources to come. So let me close with this, these words from our final psalm words to describe the hope that we have in Jesus Christ what a foretaste of deliverance how unwavering our hope Christ in power resurrected as we will be when He comes. When we grasp that when that shapes our horizons that is when we will find the resources to come to Jesus. Friends Jesus is the king who gives life come to him come to him today let's pray as we close Father we praise you and thank you for what we have here in this word thank you that what we have here are words of life words of hope weary souls Father we pray that by the power of your spirit you would open our eyes afresh, you would soften our hearts to grasp, to be captivated by the life we have in Jesus pray that you would empower us to come to him to come to him quickly to come and behold what he has done we pray this in his name, Amen